0: Welcome to What's Your Beef? What's Your Beef is proudly supported by Suncorp Bank, helping local producers through the ups and downs since 1902. Each week we will introduce you to people working in the beef industry and some of the characters that help deliver the iconic event that is Beef Australia. Hello, I'm Jane Cuttahy and this is What's Your Beef? Proudly supported by Suncorp Bank. Alison Lerard is one of those unique individuals that's everywhere at the same time. While her desk job is a beef extension officer with the Department of Primary Industries and Fisheries in Mariba, you rarely find her in the office. She's had a career as a financial counsellor and beef economist, completed a Nuffield scholarship and dabbles with her own herd of cattle whenever she gets a chance. Alison is deeply passionate about empowering people in the beef industry to think outside the box, get educated and be involved, accumulating in a new leadership course offered in 2020. I was lucky enough to catch her in an odd moment when she was at home during a recent trip to far north Queensland. I guess where we would like to start is how you became so passionate about the beef industry and and, um, where that inspiration came from.
1: Okay, well, um, I jokingly say to people I've already had a 40 year career <laughs> in the beef industry and nearly ready for retirement at that rate. But, <laughs> but no, um, I guess I, you know, grew it, like many people, uh, grew up and, and grew into the role, I guess. Um, started on a small farm on the Darling Downs with my parents and, um, and we were, you know, not just, um, cattle, we were, uh, pigs and, um, grain and, and other things, so. Yeah, um, a long history. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but then you ended up up in the Tablelands here in far north Queensland.
1: Yes, that's right. And I came via, um, I guess for many uh, agricultural professionals, that series of steps where you, you leave the home farm. It's something you love, but you can't quite see a role there for but you. also
0: there were like nine, don't you have an extraordinary <laughs> amount of siblings? <laughs> Not like, quite.
1: Just... I'm, I'm one of seven, but then mum's <laughs> one of ten. So we have this history of... Um, of a family connection, and and you know many family members have always um, been involved also with the Department of Ag and, and prior the uh, you know the Department of Primary Industry. So I guess we had a family history of being connected to agriculture and and the beef industry. But then trying to find ways of of being more involved, and I think giving back because we um you know for many of us we went off to university and and then on to other things and and found our way. Yeah, back to the thing that we love most.
0: Well, that's a lovely way to be, really. So now, you, um, your strength really is is economics and that whole, um, you know, financial side of the beef industry. So, how did that become? Is that just your the way your brain worked? That you are just like, oh, I like numbers too and cows, so we'll
1: go this way. Yeah, I think so. I think I was just one of those kids who was all right at, at school and maths was part of it, and so off I went. Um, I think I was trying to, you know, find my way. To a, a role in agriculture that suited me, um, and so nearly, you know, got diverted off to be an accountant or a solicitor or something else. <laughs> and just fortunately, the right person at the right time suggested agricultural economics. So mm. found that at uni and just hit my thing that I enjoyed. Uh, and I have been very fortunate ever since to have professional roles that linked. So a little bit of banking, um, a little bit of consultancy early. Uh, which then, you know, gave me that opportunity to sit at kitchen tables and work with producers, which is has always been my thing. Uh, well,
0: I think we will go into this because we're here now. But the rural financial counselling service—you are a rural financial counsellor. What yes, is that, yes. and what kind of role it, does that play?
1: Yes, Jane. Um, it's, yeah, it's it's an amazing opportunity from my perspective, having worked worked my way through it. But the, the thing for uh, I, I guess for producers is the counselling service um, is really there to assist those. In need, but also those trying to find their way a bit. So, you know, people starting out in agriculture as well is part of that fit. We say that 90% of producers would probably qualify one way or the other for <laughs> assistance from the Financial Counselling Service. So that's, you know, it's a, a national service. It too, is isn't a national yeah. service, yeah. In the north here, where the Rural Financial Counselling Service, NQ, a bit mm-hmm. of a mouthful, um, but, um, you know, where the really the a big area, most the majority of the state um, in the north and the west are all under the one service. Uh, And I guess I was fortunate to work in um, similar service when it was in the department, in the DPI, Uh, and then in more recent times um, my professional roles moved on, but I was able to come in and um, take a... A board position with the service. So I've stayed connected one way or the other to rural financial counselling for almost 17 years.
0: And what have you seen in that 17 years? Because there's been, you know, um, succession planning has become more of a, I don't I don't. I don't want to say buzzword because it's not really, because it's always been there. We just have put more of an emphasis on it certainly. Um, and certainly the way that it's managed. So yes. what have you seen in 17 years sitting around kitchen tables, yes. as you say?
1: I think that's a really good thing to highlight because what that Um, succession story or transition is part of is it's all trying to do things better and more professionally and be more business oriented. So, you know, for long enough, um, many of us were involved in farming and were passionate by it, but we're, you know, producers, I guess, at heart rather than business people. And I guess it's been that uh, thing that I've seen in the 17 years that, you know, um, you know, people who are good business operators have continued to grow their businesses, whereas, you know, there's also been that opportunity for people that... um, farming and, and being, you know, in the grazing businesses as being part of their family culture. So those businesses maybe have uh, different motivations in a way, but, you know, that's part of their identity and that, you know, that's who they are as people. So for, for mine as a financial counsellor and then a consultant and now a beef extension officer, I guess I'm very mindful of people, you know, we, we're in, the, in a business, but equally it's part of who people are. So you have to be um, empathetic to that uh, mm. as you're working with people. And I think that's what rural financial counsellors do particularly well and that's in a way what their niche is, is those people skills, that capacity mm. to empathise and and help families work on their options. Um, you know, there's a series of steps with counselling that are, you know, the bread and butter kind of steps that you have as a counsellor that, that always come back to you when you sit with people. And, um, you know, you're always working through people's options and helping them try and work out what's best for them. You're, you're not a consultant. You're not directing people. Yeah, know, you're, it's counselling.
0: you counselling. And so do you find that people are using some of these services more as some of the businesses are more complicated and, and land prices are higher, and it's just a little bit harder to keep everybody I employed so. and happy.
1: I think so. I think we go through stages where there's various, um, you know, government grants or programs or whatever, and so people connect to the service when that's on. Um, also, when there's there's major events, um, you and know, the crisis. flooding last year Certainly. in the northwest, the drought, ongoingly. You know, the mm. services in the central west are uh, really fundamental. You know, we have some particularly good. Um, counsellors in those districts um, people well-known people who've been out there I have to name drop Rachel Box she just does such a fantastic <laughs> job and Lynette McGuffey up in the tablelands and you know we have fantastic guys on the coast as well now I'm naming people yeah I was <laughs> I'm say you've just gone um, down, down a it's little dangerous now. <laughs> Uh yeah no Richard Lewis Nick Birchley, those guys have done a fantastic job for such a very long time and you know helping families so we you know the coastal people we get smashed by cyclones fairly regularly and mm. how we help people recover you know um, and there's There's a real um, opportunity for the service to be the touchstone when those things happen and, you know, I've never – forgotten that over time there's been things happen and as soon as the microphones put on somebody to say you know what's going to go on what are you going to do for people the response is well the rural financial counsellors are there yeah and so you know for mine that service is um is just so fundamental to what we can offer people in this country on the land um that I think it's you know worth supporting and and you know continue to find ways and means to tweak it over mm-hmm. time um you know at the moment with COVID uh it's branched out into small business counselling as well so Yeah, I think there's, um, you know, an incredible opportunity for governments to stay in that picture for what's a relatively small investment to support uh, particularly regional communities.
0: Mm. And talking about going back to the the economics of the beef industry, which is your, you know, specialty, how have you brought those skills into the beef extension role that you have?
1: Um, Well, yeah, particularly um, in these districts we work in, in the north, I think we're... You know, over time, there's, there's challenges with remoteness and isolation and all those sorts of things on the bigger properties in the north, but uh, also there's a unique position there in that you are the businesses that are truly viable. When you go looking at the figures, um, the Australian Beef Report sitting on the bookshelf there behind you, Jane. There's some lunchtime reading oh, no, for you. Actually, it's on
0: it's on my bedside <laughs> table at home. If I'm honest with you, <laughs> along with a couple of other pretty heavy reports that I'll get to in my spare time. That's good. <laughs> yeah. um,
1: but you know, some of those stories in there, are, you know, are worth um, worth the look and worth the reading and understanding how that the industry the picture of the industry because that again defaults to that idea that you know some people are in it for the culture and their identity and others are in business uh, mm. and Many of the the northern properties and regions, those properties are more viable. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, there's more opportunity there to sit with those people and work through things from a business perspective. So um, we touched on a little bit earlier that you know succession is part of that part of the picture in the north, and that just fits really neatly into better business planning and and how we you know come at dealing with the the business issues and if you're going to do that you have to look at the numbers so the numbers are fundamental to the story so you know um, being able to get people to understand better what's going on in their businesses and particularly the next generation I think is fundamental to any of that story
0: and are you finding that these conversations are a bit easier like we're in we're in an era where the business side of things is you know vital yes um, and, you know, you just can't hand a property over to the eldest son anymore. Like, it's so much complicated, more complicated ga- than I'm that.
1: I'm glad, Jane, as the oldest daughters of families yeah, were having this right. conversation. Yeah, I yeah, know. Look at us. <laughs> <laughs> and our massive properties that we have, obviously. <laughs> um, yeah. No, it's it's really interesting. And I, I got the opportunity to look at that um, doing an Uffield scholarship a couple of years oh, ago. See, I was going I, I was was to was that, gonna weave th- this in, but I wasn't sure whether it, <laughs> Where we could go with it. Um, yeah, you see this issue the world over. Yeah, and there are in some places. You know, the oldest son um, does well, still. Yeah, have, so yeah. you
0: have done this in enough fields. So yes, get, please. If you're happy to talk about it, yeah, and no, I'm happy to, to, to elaborate it. Yeah. Um,
1: it's yeah, you just see really interesting things the world over how culturally things have, you know, have stayed for some some mm. places, and um, and we have a little bit of this running through. You know what we've seen, but Australia has, I believe, really changed in the last. Twenty or thirty years uh, in this piece, and you know, I think you know it's probably taken our mothers' generations and the changes those women had to make and to make the norm, particularly for the men around them, mm. that then had I think has given our generation you know the the um, the opportunities. Otherwise, we wouldn't have had that. Um, yeah, the opportunity to be more involved in the businesses or to own
0: the businesses or the be con- and be considered as be a vital yeah and be, be recognised
1: yeah. and be appreciated and and yeah and as part of the business you know I sort of come back to looking at these northern businesses and I spend a lot of time in the golf businesses and there's there's a lot of women very involved they are true husband and wife operations you know and do
0: they do they see that or is it
1: just at, you they, know it's there every day so you don't sort of take notice that actually yeah. I think they appreciate it when you highlight it to them yeah that, um, and both a, the husband and the wife yeah there's a real partnership approach in many of those businesses okay. which I'd love to see you know where I grew up there was probably a bit more of that culture of the fellow was doing the the business and the farm and the wife was in the house with the kids and whatever but that's really really We're well, doing changed. the
0: bookwork like there was always a bit of bookwork but yes. it wasn't considered you know part of the business.
1: Yes, yeah, and it was just the job that mum had to get done yeah. for the accountant. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I think there's more appreciation of that. And as we're running businesses, but equally, uh, these for a long time the beef games had really tight margins, so people have had to take on these roles within the family themselves mm. and they are often unpaid, which has its own issues as well. Mm. Um, you know, you're all working for equity is basically how that business model has worked for a lot of people. So these sorts of things are changing. Mm. You know, you've got to remunerate people well in the business as you go, particularly if you're going to involve the in-law children. That's just that's really fundamental and also the thing I like to highlight is the thing for me that's really changed are the people in these businesses a bit like you and I Jane mm. people who have gone away and had careers elsewhere and then are trying to come back to the family business mm. you know it's got to resemble what we all know as a lifestyle and opportunities for our children and all that sort of mm. thing so it's you know it's got to be done as a business
0: well yeah and you also you know you're not here for beer and skittles that's either right. like you yes. still have to send your kids to boarding school so True. the pressure is on to you know make it perform yes
1: very much and i think that's for mine where the real opportunities come in this role now that i'm in as a beef extension officer it's how to keep highlighting to people you know where the gaps are in and what they know or um or or as i can see it i guess you know and keep trying to help people highlight you know whether it's in the business side of things the economic side of things um, if there's something missing from a production side of things, and mm-hmm. I can link in with the fellows, you know, Joe Rolf, Bernie English, those, and the extended DAF team, those sort of um, people who come at things from a production and a land management perspective. The opportunity, I think, is to take what we call a whole of business approach, mm-hmm. so to keep looking at all these areas, you know, whether it's herd, land, business or people, and keep trying to fold in the thing that um, that is the the missing link or the, you know, the gap in what's going on and try and encourage people to, you know, do a better job over time with those things.
0: So with your observations Mm. of all of these businesses and I guess, you know, through the Nuffield and and your various roles, um, we always hear about successions that go wrong Mm. and, you know, how Mm. devastating that is on many, many levels and family breakdowns. How do people get it right
1: yeah, interesting. Um, and do we celebrate them enough? We don't celebrate them enough. Mm. Yeah, and uh, that's really been a, a bit of a focus for us in what we're trying to do in, in recent times. Um yeah, to be able to to highlight those people and and put uh, it's it's really a tough thing, Jane, because you don't. No one wants to be. Um, well, no one wants to be up on the pedestal, pedestal. and go look at us. We're amazing. <laughs> we, we
0: still have... talk to all our family members, and we all you no. know have a property. Yeah, each. but I think if um, you
1: can gently encourage those people forward to whether you're speaking to a group or what it, whatever yeah. it is. Um, uh, um, you know a, a beef 2021 function or well, whatever that, it is or, so or maybe even mentors
0: forward. and that's like producer Certainly. groups is this something that it you is. know within producer groups as much yes. as you want to go and look at you know a Lakina trial or yes. someone's fencing project yes very much we'll also oh look at this person that's happened to be here that's very nailed much. their succession
1: yeah and i think um you know if the other thing is some of these things we discuss that a bit you know oh that's such and such they've done a really great job how about when we're at smoko we have a bit of a chat to them and pull them aside and have a yarn about how they that sort of thing's gone. Yeah, so I think if you're feeling, you know, potentially a little bit uncomfortable to ask the really personal questions, but you've still got those people there and you're discussing them and the producer group, you know, opportunity has been, you know, there's a really good, yeah
0: situation. Well, yeah. <laughs> I'm stuck now. Yeah, you <laughs> I are. Love I did really it. well but, there a no, Yeah, no, you're
1: all right. Um, well, I was
0: going to ask, because you've done a lot of work in getting um, producer groups and next gen groups going up here in far north and northern and yes. western Queensland. Yes. So what, you know, you came back to the department, that obviously was a, high, a highlight for you. Like yes. You identified that. So why did you Embark on this wonderful journey of yeah. a thousand so, and a million emails.
1: <laughs> <laughs> to you, yeah, no, no, no. To no, everyone. I'm joking. Um, it's just I. Well, I again back to the Nuffield. I guess when I was looking at the succession story, the thing that was highlighted for me in places like Argentina and Ireland was how strong their cultural producer groups are. Uh, and different, slightly different models. And and we've seen, you know, some similar sorts of ideas here in the last 20, 30 years. Um, You know, RCS have done a fantastic job of their groups and the way they do things. And I think there's um, an opportunity for it to become sort of more commonplace you know I mean we've also had land care groups and whatever going right back as well all our lives so um, it's that theme I think of how people learn best you know and that opportunity and we call it peer-to-peer learning yeah. so that yeah. opportunity to, to spend time with your you know yes. um, with your peers <laughs> but, uh, but with those that um, you know, have potentially got things going on in their businesses and on their properties, but you may not really be aware until you spend some more time with them. It's a little them. bit
0: sort of back to the future? Because I remember when I was a kid and mm. the, like the land care groups mm. were really strong and, and kicking mm. off and we had a lot of, I guess there was a lot of funding um, mm. around for certain things and then there was, you know, this real everyone just got super busy and yes. cutting back yes. stuff and yep. we don't socialize as much yes. and it got shut down and now it feels like there's yep. a real emphasis on getting people out yeah. and people have like have identified that they yes. kind of Definitely. Go.
1: Um, I think there was a culture there for a while too, um, within extension of trying to go online, you know, so there was probably less of that contact. There was also an era there where there was probably less money on property to be doing things. So you're really just in the zone, you know, beavering away on your own place, working hard. Um, and there was, you know, also, you know, within the department, we probably had some fewer resources for some of those years. So, you know, they were more concentrated in certain areas. Um, whereas, yeah, I mean, I'm very thankful for the opportunity to come back in the department and spend the last couple of years putting producer groups together Um it links to all the things we've already touched on uh, in terms of, you know, people coming home, people wanting those social interactions, um, learning from others and yeah, you're not quite aware of where the gaps are in your knowledge base. Like mm-hmm. you, most of us are, you know, pretty humble and think, oh, I don't know much. When you dig, you do. But then when you can try and spend time with others, they really help, you know, in a gentle way highlight where those opportunities are and help you fill those gaps. And I think that's a bit different from... A so called expert from anywhere else, but for argument's sake, you know, a scientist telling you, you know, well, these are the gaps, and this is what you need to do. It helps if it's what we call participatory. You know, mm-hmm. if you are all working on this, these sort of issues together, and that's why groups work.
0: Yeah. And it's perspective too, you know. And very I much. think you, you you talked before, you know, uh, having people who have had other careers and coming back, and yeah. you know, it's a fairly amazing um, learning curve, but it it's, they've got skills that aren't, you know, very much not to be dismissed of
1: course and if we want to be businesses you know that's how we come and um, find different ideas Mm. that's the other thing Um, (laughs) I think you know new ideas (laughs) you crazy person what a novel idea
0: well speak actually well and you've you know the producer groups and and the next gen groups have been terrific but you've also managed to um, kick off advancing beef leaders too mm. it's amazing um and I'm full disclosure I'm one of those people in the <laughs> program which I kind of feel like I should just flag now but what what again did you identify that this was something you needed to to yeah, do yeah
1: there's a few things going on there jane um one is, you know, next gen groups get going, and you get to the stage a little bit, maybe twelve or eighteen months or so in, and you've hit the training really hard, <laughs> and you've had lots of fun trips together, and you've done some social neighbor days and things, and it's kind of like, what next?
0: Yeah, and, and work sort of kicks back into gear, and oh yeah, that's right, we better you know do mustering and, <laughs> and real jobs. Yes, that's right. It's always
1: good to have something there that you you know you're looking forward to and wanting to work on. But for mine, what I could see, other industries had uh, leadership programs for their industry uh, and um, I just felt we had a bit of a gap. Uh, I guess I felt it was fairly seamless for me to go from my professional life and the time I was spending on the farm at the time to enough field, whereas I can see for other people it mightn't be that easy to do a scholarship or some sort of leadership program if you haven't taken that first step off the place somehow along the, along the road. So um, Advancing Beef Leaders, ABL as I'll call it from now on, um, uh, gives I think people that opportunity the other thing it was really intended to do is, so it's leadership and professional development. We're really trying to encourage people to look at taking on community committee positions and industry board roles, um, you know, that idea of bringing people through and people sitting, you know, and again, full disclosure, I sit on the Rural Financial Counselling Services NQ PMC. There's Gee, an awful. Wow. Yep. <laughs> you want to try writing yeah, that, no, let alone okay. saying it. <laughs> um, but that committee, you know, is involved in, um, you know, helping, effectively a steering committee for that organisation and, you know, the, the longer you sit on these boards and committees, you get that feeling of, okay, I think I've done what I can for, th- for this organisation but what's my succession plan? And I, I guess there's a few of us talking like that um, on industry committees and, and, you know, all those sorts of um, – those places where you go to give back but then once you've given back, okay, who else no, can I also encourage to It's fair to
0: give it. Like, again, that's how you get, you know, fresh ideas and momentum Definitely. and, you know, people Definitely. actually listen to you. Yes, yeah.
1: Um, yeah, and so I think for mine it was, you know, how to encourage other people forward. sort of thing. I'm, I'm not unique. I'm just one of many people who've gone away, done other things, come back home and are involved in this industry. Looking around, I can see just an incredible wealth of talent that we have, particularly in the northern beef industry, of people who have in this opportunity, you know, in this situation where they have an opportunity, opportunity to, to do a bit, you know, mm. in this space. So yeah, that was the intention, Jane, really to boost the skills and confidence of people to look at And it.
0: so our cohort is fairly, we've got a broad breadth of experience and, and um, expertise. Mm. So what, what have you identified or observed and, and where are the gaps? Because there's a few surprising um, mm. Little bits, you know, with with the lack of knowledge or understanding of how the Australian beef industry is structured, and that's sure. so that's so important. Sure, sure
1: definitely. Um, I guess, Joan we, you know, you're trying to put something together, and you're you, you're trying to come up with a program that can hit the mark for most people, mm. somewhere or another, um, who are involved. So, we went down the road of trying to go with some what we call core modules, some learning areas that we felt everyone could benefit from. So. guess i'd been fortunate to have spent time say in the department so my technical skills were up i'd come from an economics background so you know reading a set of financial statements is bread and butter for me but for many people it's not so i felt that was important communications is very important jane so when someone puts a (laughs) a microphone in front of you you can can talk Uh, i've got to i've got to (laughs) pretend
0: i know what i'm doing with something
1: (laughs) um governance is fundamental we have to have better skills Um, in governance and 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 so that's a module mm -hmm. yeah and it's how to tap into things like the AICD course because it's something Australia does particularly well mm. is governance um, believe it or not we are we lead the way in that field and and I think also um, you know that our communities have an expectation that you know we're honest and you know straight up and down and whatever and so we have to understand a lot of things around governance are perception you have Mm. to be very careful you've got everything right so people are aware that you're doing these things correctly in organizations so I felt it's very important for people um on industry boards but also the community committees to have good governance. the community
0: the the focus on community I think was is one of my favorite aspects Mm. because I think you know you don't have to go and be chairman of the MLA board straight up like you know there's a lot a lot to be said for local yep. committees and keeping those you Very know much. bodies Very alive much. and kicking well
1: yes and just you know to find those um those opportunities for people just to, to feel confident to step up that's the other thing like i'd say myself i you know I've followed a career path that was one very you know very much one step after the other but what I'm trying to encourage people to do is say okay well you know maybe you've been home for five or ten years you know consider doing this course and see where it could lead and and then you know within a year or two consider your first step into one of these sorts of positions and we're here to support you on the way through.
0: Well, I think speaking of support, I do just the caliber of mentors that mm. you've managed to get to that program. Mm. I think is is absolute homage to the industry's acceptance of a course like this. Yes. You know, some yeah. of the mentors, and you can name all of them because I'll mess yeah. it up. Um, <laughs> but like the cap, that, that's an amazing lineup yeah, of people. So they yeah. obviously realised that yes, this yeah. is an important step for the beef Definitely. industry.
1: Definitely, I think we felt you know really um, fortunate. That we, you know we've been able to tell the story in a way that explains to people what it and it has it, it's hit um, hit the mark I think for the, the current industry leadership that hey this is some sort of opportunity to encourage others forward um, so yeah so people like Russell Lethbridge, uh, Don Heatley. Uh, Rich, Tony Heggerty, Tony Hegarty, yeah. Richard Reins, yeah. yeah. Oh, I didn't you're know. Getting, that. You're Julie getting McDonald's. ahead of me. Yeah. <laughs> well done. <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> 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 James Julie. Um, Emma Black. There's yes. There's quite a few yeah, people. there is. There's a yeah. There's an amazing lineup of people. Catherine Marriott. Yes, Kath's helping out too, and yeah, she's yeah. yeah. So it's what we're doing is really trying to tap into a ser- different school bases there, yeah. Um, and yeah, it's. Um, uh, yeah, just feel in- incredibly fortunate we've been able to do that. But equally, Jane, in our modules, we've had guest speakers come in, so people like Jason Strong, um, Beth Woods, did that from uh, you know from our DG of the department, and you know just various people that um, have lent their time. The other, the group that really um, you know I'd like to thank are the current crop of producers, who, you know people like Rick Britton, um, you know people who are willing to sort of stand up and say, okay. You know, I, I am putting myself out there a little bit and saying, okay, I think I've done these sorts of things reasonably well. I'm willing to talk to your group about it. Mm. Um, so, yeah, we, we've, um, we've gone around looking for, um, I guess, people who we've seen do things quite well and can help explain those things. Um, and I guess we do need to
0: tie this back into Beef Australia because as you know, what's your beef is, Beef Australia's <laughs> podcast. But this all wraps up. At yes. Beef Twenty One too,
1: it does so. for your group. Yes, Yes. 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 So your pressure's the, on. So Jane's group's something pilot. fantastic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the pilot group, um, and it does. Yeah, and we have a speaking engagement there at the at, um, forum session there at, in Rockhampton. So yeah, you know, it'll be a great opportunity, I think, for people to put their their skills into practice. But then our intention, our hope is that this um, ABL as a pilot rolls on as a program, and we've got um, very encouraging signs that we may be able to do something in the northwest and perhaps Central Queensland, and then further south, I guess, in the future. So, um, yeah. So, we've got to
0: make you look good. The pressure's on uh, to really – yeah, good. Thanks, well, Alison. Think, good. <laughs>
1: I think you guys yeah. have to look good. If you're <laughs> to be the next crop of mentors, this is where the pressure comes back on, folks. Oh,
0: gosh. Um, <laughs> and I, I do just want to go back a couple of steps to, um, to the succession and just that whole people – being good examples at what they sure, do, and sure. I can remember you telling a story about one of the families you met. I think it was South America, okay. but it was this astronomical family yes. who managed to not only run this huge business, yes. but it was like 50 yeah,
1: it, yeah, yeah, 50, yeah, 50 yeah. family
0: members involved. Yes, and it can yeah. happen,
1: yeah, it can. It can, um, I think culturally too. And again, this yeah, is... that wouldn't work, <laughs> <laughs> but, but just tell, well, tell it's the really story, interesting because, hey, um, Australians, I think, are particularly. Um, I think we're very, very independent hey? and I think in some of these other places people are a bit more content to sit in whatever their role is and I think that's what to me um, that, you know, those sorts of families highlighted for me that culturally perhaps is a little bit different. But, I mean, we've had examples over time where, you know, you, I guess gradually families drift into the position where there's shareholders and so you, again, really make this... Business model very professional, and you bring it back to having a board and all those sorts of things. Um, culturally, we've probably gone down the road more of we put together these really great family businesses, but then we divide them with each success, you know, with each succession generation, I suppose, and and so we go from maybe uh, operations with three or four properties and it's all really viable big operations doing well for everybody and then we suddenly go no to be fair everyone's got to own their own block and as soon as and have their names on the deeds and so as soon as we go with that business model we you know we risk suddenly then having three or four semi-viable businesses and and taking that step back that's kind of so. It's two steps forward, one step back. Has kind of been the Australian model, and I don't know if that'll ever change. But f- for families who can professionalise it and can turn it into that board situation where people are shareholders and bring those things back to that more um, business oriented style of managing a place or an operation, I think I think there's real opportunities for success there. And what it does is it lets people go away and have those you know develop those skills so you can have someone in the business who's an accountant you know or you can have someone who's a solicitor or you know someone who's a
0: hairdresser like you know you can still (laughs) if you're on the board like you can still that can be your you can yeah yeah
1: Yeah, you can well interaction well and there's other models too jane there's you know the Depends on the size of the business, but often for families, it's to have those really viable off-farm businesses and things as well are really important. You know, not everybody is running three big properties and you know a twenty, 20 yeah, thousand yeah. head of cattle or whatever that is. Yeah, yeah, you could have a butcher shop. There's other there's other models that work, but um, and there's always kids to look after, Jane. Do so we're, <laughs> we could do it schoolte- <laughs> We always like school teachers in farming businesses. That's part yeah. of the picture. Um, now I think there's op- opportunity, but again, I just keep putting the pressure on being professional in the approach. So, you know, that's trying to bring the, bring the right advice back in and
0: treating as well. And treating family and business separately. And I think through a lot of the the peer-to-peer training we've done and, in, and even in the ABL leadership course, it is, you know, keep your family stuff in the family sphere and yes. when you're a step out the door, it is the business. Yes. And I think, you know, yeah. Yeah, there ha- a lot has to be said for just sucking it up and if you do want to be here we are a business yes
1: oh you know? definitely um and it's also about people being able to park those family things too like mm. you know just thinking about how we interact with each other you know it's you're a bit stuck if forever you're 12 years old in dad's mind you know yeah <laughs> yes. and that's that's a bit of a that's a bit of an issue for many of us so it's you know how do we um you know grow into these roles you know roles and responsibilities is the thing that we always talk about in succession planning and and um, trying to find those niches for the next generation with um, with whatever's going on for a family so
0: yeah right well, we're gonna go back to talking about beef 21 because mm. you know that is what we're t- here to talk about well, a little mm. bit but mm. you know that's fine what what are you looking forward to because you know you've got you you've got your abl rolling out and we'll all make you look fantastic <laughs> Thanks. Um so that's you know, we'll do that. Pedestals for you. and yeah. things, Jane. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's a long way to hell once you go up there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the person who stands in the back of the room. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Great. Well done you. Yeah.
0: Duck and weave. Yeah. Um but what are you what are you looking forward to? Because I'm imagining, you know, um there's plenty that you would be for looking sure. for from oh. an extension point of view as yeah. a beef producer is all of the hats that you wear.
1: Yeah, for sure. Oh look, um, and have it coming from um, a seed stock background, you know, we're limousine people, so I love to get in there in the early days of it and <laughs> look at the cattle um, and, t- you know, talk to people about what's going on and trends and things that are changing and genetics and so forth. And I really love to see when the industry gets on board and, you know, makes something work. You know, breed plans, plans are a really good example, like how that, you know, over time has been, you know, is something that many of us have uh, weaved into um, how our decision-making and in our operations. So those sorts of things, as new technology and new ideas come through, how that then overlays and starts, you know, um, becoming main, mainstream, it's those things that you pick up at the, the three-year events. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like-
0: so, no, I don't I don't think you can beat the centre ring. Um, yes, at oh, it's fabulous. And just having a look that at atmosphere. everything that's there.
1: Definitely. Um, I'd also come back to, you know, looking for those opportunities of when there's things going on in individual tents, you know, there's um, a guest speaker or, you know, one of the banks or someone's got somebody on. I think you've got to keep – have a put your time and effort – Prior into those programs and and see what's going on. Um, Do you research definitely, and then there's property tours and all that. I you know they're fabulous, but again, I'm rowing my own boat there because I believe Jane, what a couple of us are speaking at a lunchtime event at one of those. But it's um, yeah, those opportunities. So it's not just the event is what I'm trying to highlight. There's a lot going on around it, um, but always with these things, the networking opportunities. So if you can get yourself to some dinners. Uh, and meet some other people. Your world opens up at these yeah. events. And, no networking,
0: you know. and I think you know you're a perfect example of that. The networks that you build in just even you know tiny little taxi conversations. Sometimes Definitely. it's just it's yeah.
1: invaluable. And I think that's what you've got as producers. That's really for me a message that we need to be doing differently into the future. Our you know our whole lives get caught up on our properties doing our thing, and it's really not. You've you've got to get out, get to events meet people and look for those opportunities and that's how you find the things that you want to tweak like you might be running an operation you might be three or four generations in think well we've got this thing covered you know everyone's happy harmonious family you know i'm I'm doing i'm doing a perfect (laughs) (laughs) perfect nirvana version (laughs) of the beef operation here but despite all of that you know there is so much you can get from any of these sorts of events um, and just meeting people and um, looking for new opportunities so yeah that's why i'd always encourage people to to get to be
0: yeah yeah no absolutely and um actually some of some of your counterparts have mentioned on this podcast their desire to make sure that there's excellent beef on um uh, available to eat as well which Ex- brings me to my next question because right. as as an avid beef passionate beef person mm-hmm. what's your favorite cup to cook oh, at home
1: yeah I, i'm a bit spoiled i um I try and eat beef twice a week. I nearly always have a steak twice a week and I'm right. always a ribeye. <laughs> right. A well. It's, it's my, uh, yeah, it's my, my, my habit. <laughs>
0: wow. Ribeye twice a week. Well, Alison, But only a small one.
1: <laughs> but I think what actually what it highlights is the quality of the meat that you can buy mm. now in virtually any butcher's shop and, you know, and the... Uh, and Coles and Woolies and and the general you know grocery stores. There's so much the IGAs. There's so much good. Well, I was going to say we're we're in, in Mareeba. You yes. live in Mareeba, yes. so
0: what what, is your, what are your local butchers well, like? Well, where are your where's well, your beef Russo's from? Russos have
1: the best sausages, I believe in. It's at least in Queensland, if Whoa. it's not a national award. So my children actually eat a heck of a lot of beef sausages. <laughs> um, and we're you know we're really fortunate that you know things. I think what the meat quality thing is highlighting is how we are over time getting traction with you know things like MSA. Um, and it's so important to, you know, to understand those grading systems as producers.
0: So, you know, you're talking about the importance of knowing mm. your marketing and th- that sort of thing. Do you think that's a bit of a hole in in the current market or the current industry?
1: Oh, I think right now we're a little bit spoilt with high prices. So, we it's a bit like, you know, you can do the bare minimum and, and you know, achieve fairly well financially at the moment. But, um, no, I think it's, yeah, it's absolutely fundamental to understanding you know, where your opportunities are too to grow and change your business, what your resources are capable of doing um, and, and to optimise that. I'm an economist, Jane, to mm. optimise Optimise, that. it's a beautiful <laughs> word. Well done. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, yeah, it's about finding your opportunities and making changes to hit those things better. And I think that's the advantage of getting in de- independent advice. Go back to rowing the boat, of being an extension officer, is by getting other people in to look at your business, whether it's a financial yeah, counsellor like or an extension
0: officer. a spring clean for your business. It's got to be a it little is, bit yeah, healthy and every awesome. now and
1: then to have a little zhuzh. It is to get someone in and have a look, but also just a sounding board opportunity to say, what do you think about this? And that person then got the opportunity to flag things and highlight things and encourage you to go and talk to those who can help.
0: (laughs) Okay, well, Alison Lerard, I think we've covered everything that we could today, uh, unless there's anything else you want to...
1: No, I think we've hit it really rather well on a Sunday morning at 8 o'clock. Sorry,
0: I have a long drive home. Um, Back to me now. Alison Lerard, thank you very much for your time and we'll see you at Beef 21. Thanks, Jane. Beef Australia is proudly supported by our principal partners. Thanks to the Australian Government, Department of Agriculture, Water and the Environment, the Queensland Government, Meat and Livestock Australia and the Rockhampton Regional Council. Thanks for listening. You can hit subscribe to make sure you don't miss any of our episodes. And if you are enjoying listening to the show, we would appreciate a quick rating and review. Visit beefaustralia.com.au for more information on this great event.